We are proud to partner with MyFlex Learning. MyFlex Learning is a scheduling platform that helps middle and high schools meet the individual needs of all students. Students can easily create and manage time for flex blocks, wind time, activity periods, RTI, counselor and teacher appointments, and so much more. Even my favorite, Synergy Time. And with its built-in accountability tool and reporting features, MyFlex Learning solves your challenges around getting kids where they need to be and understanding how flex time is spent. Make flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com BE. This B Podcast Network show is presented by IXL. IXL's all-inclusive online teaching and learning platform simplifies EdTech needs and accelerates achievement in 95 of the top 100 U.S. school districts. IXL delivers personalized learning across a comprehensive pre-K-12 curriculum, including math, language arts, science, and social studies, and helps you assess student performance through actionable, real-time insights at every level of your school or district. This one solution performs work that typically requires dozens of tools. Want to find out why so many leading districts trust IXL? Visit IXL.com BE. That's IXL.com slash B-E. Welcome to Transformative Principal, where we interview real principals who are doing amazing things to help our students every single day. I'm your host, Jethro Jones. You can find me on Twitter, at Jethro Jones. So what are the areas that you see in Kansas District right now that are areas where we have incredible strength and you want to continue pushing us in that direction? And what areas do you see so far, and I know only been a couple of weeks um, that you feel that we need to focus and and change as we go forward. Well, I think the the biggest strength we have are the teachers and principal leaders. You know um, what they've been through creating this new district and the challenges that have been placed on them are incredible, mm-hmm. and they've responded. And as frustrating as as those pressures are that I've heard. Um, speaking to all these groups, at the end, they've really done an amazing the strength of this district are the, are the teachers and principals in the building that are doing the hard work. I think that um, I'm not going to, you know, I'll also mention you know, the, the, the people who started this district, the leaders, the superintendents, the administrators here had, had a great vision of what they wanted to implement. I think that it's created a very high standard Canyon School District. Mm-hmm. And you know, who, who doesn't want to work somewhere where there's high expectations, right? Right. So I felt all that. And I think the another strength of Canyon School District are the parents. You know, I, I like it that parents want to be highly involved. I think highly involved parents translates into very much success for our students. There's a partnership that you have to build between parents and the community and the school. And we're all sort of working for the same thing, but without the parents, it'll never happen. And I think the involvement of our parents in our communities that um, Canyon School District covers is incredible, and it's a plus here. So 
I think there have been some really innovative programs that other districts don't have that can be highlighted, spotlighted. Um, so those are some of the things I think are a strength of this community. Cool. Mm -hmm. And what are some areas where you want to bring your skills in to help us grow and be better? Be better? My impression right now is that, I mean, there, there are always new ideas out there. and There's a lot of things I could try to implement. But to be honest with you, it's my impression, and there seems to be some buy-in to this, that we should try to do what we're currently doing even better. Mm -hmm. There needs to be um, there needs to be an environment created where teacher, parent, and principal input is truly valued and included in discussions and the implementation in their own buildings of what's occurring. Um, and I think there needs to be just and I think it exists because there's been some transitioning in the last year or two where right. people have been in limbo. And I think to create that culture, it comes from the top. And, and so in the defense of all the people that were here, I don't know if people were in positions to actually do that the last couple of years. So, so I feel like coming in as a new superintendent, I have an opportunity to really show the community and the teachers how good Canyon School District really mm -hmm. is. And to make people believe that this could be a really cool place to work in, and that we respect, that, you know, the people throughout this organization that that have made Canyon School District as good as it really is. Yeah. So I want to I want to build on what's happened and really focus on uh, making sure everyone in this organization understands how much they're valued. I think that's really important. Um, I heard someone recently say that you can't uh, you can't build on on what has happened or make anything better until you honor what has happened before. And mm -hmm. it sounds like you're you believe in that same philosophy. And mm -hmm. it sounds like that's what what you're doing. And and I know from from the people that I know that I talk to in our district that recognizing um, the the intense work that it's taken to get the district to where it is from where it was in 2009 mm -hmm. that will be very appreciated I'm sure right. that you've gotten good feedback from that as you've done the town hall meetings mm -hmm. and that with people so that's really good since this is a principal podcast um, what are some qualities that you look for in principals that you're going to be hiring um, in the next few years as you're the superintendent well there's a difference between having a vision and having the ability to articulate the vision. Mm. It's really critical when you become a leader. Anyone can share a vision, but can you explain to me exactly how you're going to implement that vision? What kinds of things will it take within the organization to make that occur? So I would, I would look for people when they interview to tell me how they're going to implement what they believe needs to happen within that organization or the school building mm -hmm. and, and really do the homework and understand that culture and how to move it forward. There are practical things you need to do. You can, you can talk all day about best practice. You can talk mm -hmm. all day about what research says. You can talk all day about what good instruction is. I want to know how are you going to get buy-in? What steps are you going to take to get everyone behind that vision? students, parents, teachers, and then how are you going to implement that? 
subscription process. I think that's critical. It's a, it's a big difference there when, when people are interviewing. Mm -hmm. Is to try to dig, like, how are you actually going to do that? Tell me some things you have. Um, the other thing is humility. Mm -hmm. You can't be successful in any leadership role in today's society unless you have a sense of humility. And what I mean by that, for someone in my role as superintendent, but I think it really translates to anybody, is that there's a lot you know through your experiences. There's a lot of things you've seen that didn't work and did work. And what happens in my job, you get elected officials that roll in and out every two years sometimes. So with that said, they come in with pre preconceived notions, their own experiences, and you need to have the ability to put yourself in their shoes and understand that they don't have the background and experience that you have. Mm -hmm. So you have to be patient, not them, during your bosses. You have to be patient. You have to have the sense of humility to listen to what they want you to do and then try to educate them as best you can. That's how you move an organization forward. Otherwise, people in my role don't last long. Mm -hmm. so, so you have to have that. I think you need to be very accessible and visible. People don't want somebody whose face is this organization where you're, you're serving the community and their, their sons and their daughters, but you're not accessible and visible. They don't know who you are. People need to know who you are when you're walking the grocery store, when you're working out, when you're walking around town, when you're going to events. People need to feel comfortable coming up and talking to you, knowing you're just another person trying to make things work. Um, you know, when you're given the title as a principal or superintendent, like I said it initially, is you have to earn the respect. You can't automatically think because you're given the title that everyone's going to respect you. Actually, sometimes it's just the opposite. Right. And so you you have to you have to be patient to earn that respect, and you do that through your consistent behavior of what you're telling people you're going to do. And 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 I think you have to be able to stand up sometimes when you make final decisions that they didn't work, and raise your hand and say it didn't work, mm -hmm. and now let's move forward. There's a lot of things I look for in leaders, but those are probably some of the key ones. And no matter what somebody's opinion is. I don't care how far-fetched, you have to take it seriously and you have to treat that person with respect. That's that's the most important thing, probably. And and why is that the most important thing? Well, because again, I think everyone wants to feel valued. And and you may, you know, you run into people that have ideas that everyone around the table rolls their eyes, but maybe there's something in there. Um, maybe at the end you just want that person to feel good that you listen to them and took them seriously. Mm -hmm. But I just feel that sometimes what's missing when you have a leadership role is you don't think you necessarily have to respect everyone. When that parent comes in and could spend a half hour of their time telling you what they're so unhappy about, you have to be willing to sit down and listen, mm -hmm. even though it's frustrating. And you have that the, the patience and the Understanding to show people that kind of respect, I think it's critical to survival and skills. Yeah, absolutely. So, how do you how do you listen and give people respect and validation as a human being that they they are an important part without letting them derail you from the mission or take your focus away? How do you, how do you balance that? Well, I don't have to balance it. 
because you always keep your eye on the ball. I mean, if you, as a leader, if your decisions, every decision you make is something you believe and that it's right for kids and your focus is on how to help the school district get better so students can achieve what they want. I mean, sitting down and listening to somebody and showing them that respect doesn't mean you give them the answers they want. It means right. taking the time to do it. That doesn't change what you believe in philosophically. You know, you don't back down and you don't get pushed around and you don't get ridiculed um, and, and then just arbitrarily change your mind because you don't want that to happen. You just right. need to take the time to meet with people, groups of people, no matter how hard it is, mm -hmm. and explain your rationale, what you're doing. Most of the time, if people don't accept the answers that you're giving them, and you would, you're willing to sit down and explain why what you're trying to do. Mm -hmm. Most people may walk away unhappy, but they'll understand. And they'll also appreciate the fact that you even took time to listen to them. Yeah. And and see, that that's so important because what I've perceived is that people just want to be heard, not necessarily change anybody's mind. They want to be heard and they want to have things explained in a way they can understand. So if you're able to do that, I think that you're right on the money that most people are going to be okay, even if they disagree, as long as they know that that their opinion was heard, even if it wasn't listened. And the other thing you don't want to do is say is ask people for their input when you already know what you're going to do. That's just that's just wrong. Educators are really clever, and you, you know if you're going to ask them for their input, you better mean it. But if you already know what you're going to do, just simply tell people and let them know your rationale mm -hmm. and take the hits. Right. And and you're going to have to do that because not everybody's going to agree with no. everything that you no. say. Yeah. Um, what are some of your strategies for dealing with with taking the hits? How do you how do you deal with that yourself? Well, you stress uh, this job is extremely stressful. Principal jobs, one of the toughest jobs in the country, I think superintendent's job think about it mm -hmm. you get a you potentially could have new bosses every two years right and a new philosophy and people sometimes get on a board it happened here when they're not happy with decisions that are made right so i think one of the, the best things to do is exercise i think mm -hmm. one of the biggest stress reliefs in my life is to rigorously exercise for a half hour three four five days a week that's helped me tremendously i don't know why for me that works mm -hmm. I think you have to, I have this philosophy, you know, it's a stressful job enough, but without your health, think about this. If someone asks you the question, what's the most important thing in your life? Most people are going to say their family, their religion, right. right? I completely disagree. Because how can you have a healthy family life? How can you have a healthy work environment or go to work every day if you don't mentally feel good about yourself? Right. And if you are not physically taking care of your health, you're not eating right, you're not exercising, I'm going to guarantee you work and family become secondary and it becomes, it's even disastrous. Mm -hmm. So I have this belief my whole life that, that my health is critical to my family's success and my success on, on the job. I believe that. I don't have any research. I suppose there is some out there, but I'm not going to cite any. I'm just telling you from 
30 some years that works for me mm-hmm. and that's how i deal with stress i go physically beat myself up good so what are the physical things that you like to do you said a rigorous run. activity i hate running but i run i right. can't wrestle anymore <laughs> if i throw out a wrestling mat and try to wrestle i won't walk for three weeks right you know i i lift lighter than i did when i was younger and uh I try to do more vigorous, rigorous, you know, intense kind of aerobics to keep my heart going. But I think it has a huge impact. It's just my philosophy. I'm not a big vacation guy. I don't, I don't need a lot. I've never needed a lot of vacation time. Mm-hmm. Three day weekend to me seems like a month. Right. So that's never been my thing. And to be honest with you, traveling and taking a week off is more stressful to me than coming to work. And that's me. I don't agree. I don't expect other people to do what right. I do, but that's me. That's my life. Mm-hmm. I've done it since I was a kid. I go to work every day. <laughs> you know? yep. That's what I like to do. That's good. <laughs> um, so you were talking earlier about uh, people being able to recognize you when you're out and about at the mm-hmm. grocery store or exercising, whatever. Um, how do you how do you establish relationships with people, and how do you get people to recognize you? You walk up and introduce yourself. Let them know who you are. Mm-hmm. Ask them if they have kids in the district. They'll know me soon enough. Right. <laughs> you know, sometimes they think I'm the head custodian, or sometimes they think I'm the head cook, or sometimes they think I'm a bus driver. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But the kids will start recognizing me and they'll tell their parents. Yeah. I was in a classroom the other day. And, well, no, we had a principal at one of our schools that was out, and there was a water main that broke. And I was helping run, you know, be in his building for supervision. And I was in lunch supervision, and the second grader said, hey, Dr. Briscoe, how are you? I said, great, great. And the little guy next to him said, how do you know him? He said, I've known him since kindergarten. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty cool. I like that. It's good. (laughs) That's a true story. (laughs) That's awesome. Uh, Little kids are awesome. Um, So... You at at DeKalb, you said that you did um, a lot of you were involved in a lot of community mm-hmm. things. So some people see that you know school people at the school should run the school, and that's it. And that's obviously not your philosophy. How did you get involved with these other things that were happening in the community, and why do you feel that that is so important for you to be well, involved? Well, today I don't believe any successful superintendent. I don't think any superintendent will succeed anywhere unless their philosophy is that there's a community superintendent. Mm -hmm. And I think your old timers and the people that value the traditions of the community and the people that run the community, your Chamber of Commerce, your Kiwanis Club, your Rotary, I'm going to meet with the Rotary tomorrow at Mm -hmm. lunch. If you don't get out and get to know those folks and allow them to get to know you Find out what their concerns and issues are and the relationships they have with your school. That's a huge mistake. And, and from a political standpoint, I, I have found that it's one of my biggest advantages as board members turn over. Mm-hmm. A lot of times your board members come from those areas of your community. And as they see you and learn from you and find out who you are, a lot of times that's been a huge help to me. As new board members changed, I already knew them. Mm-hmm. They knew me. They knew they could trust me. They knew they could communicate with me. Even if they didn't 
agree with their incumbents or people that ran. So, so I think it's a, it's you. You're the you. You're the brand of the school. Okay, you're the face of the school district, and all these folks, businesses, and people in town have kids in their community, and they are leaders in their community. They want you to be part of it. If you're not willing to take time to do that, you, you'll be you'll have a real hard time being successful in a role like mine. And I've seen colleagues of mine fail miserably because they weren't willing to do that. Mm -hmm. So, what are some of the challenges that you see coming to a district that has so many more students than where you were before? Well, I see it as an asset. Oh, good. That's the reason good. I see it as an asset is think about this: if you worked in a large district whole life in a department, what happens, and I know it's been around here, you're just, you have a large department and you have a lot of work to do and that's where you're focused and right. you're relied to focus on that area. I came from a district where I was involved in almost every department decision. I was continually um, involved in setting the budget, working on major building projects, you know, uh, redistrict, you name it, I was involved in everything. I had strong leaders to facilitate things, but I was heavily involved in planning and discussion and strategy. Mm -hmm. So think about that. So I come here now to a large district. I could sit down with almost every department and talk their language. Mm -hmm. And, and, and that's, that's difficult for them because they're not used to that. I, I want to know what's happening in every area, and I have some experience and doing yeah. all the things they're doing. So that, that, that to me, to me, that seems to be an asset for mm -hmm. coming to this district. Good. I like that perspective. So you, um, you've done a good job of turning my questions of what are the challenges you see into positives. So I'm just going to ask you directly. There's got to be something that you see as a challenge that is going to help you grow. Otherwise, you probably wouldn't have taken this job. So what are some of those things that you're looking forward to that are different or new well, or unique? The biggest challenge for me is I have this need to get to know everybody. Mm -hmm. That's a big challenge, 33,000 kids, four or five communities. Mm -hmm. I need to develop a strategy to consistently get out in the building. That, that's going to be tough because my calendar is already getting booked. Right. And, that, and I can tell you that's my number one thing I need. I want to do is I want to get out and connect with the kids here. I want to get out and connect with the teachers. So I'm going to have to, once I get my schedule set with board meetings and all the mm -hmm. things I have to do, the next thing I'll do is schedule my time, blocks of time to get out and about. Mm -hmm. And I see that as a huge challenge of how I'm going to go about doing that. So what are some of the things you're thinking you can do to start making that happen? I've already started. I set up probably eight, nine, ten meet and greets with board members and their separate communities. I'm meeting with chambers. I've met with principals. I've met with teachers. Um, I've met with the administration here many times. I've already had meetings with Board of Education. Um, you know, I did that before I started July 1st. I, mm -hmm. I don't even know how many meetings I have. But, so I'm getting out some people. Tonight I have a meeting at Hillcrest. And they're inviting parents, and the teachers are coming in, the principals. I sort of enjoy that, you know, get to know people. So mm -hmm. that's one of the things I'm doing now to just sort of inundate myself in the community. I've been out. I went to a beast game. Um, Good. 
I, I uh, you know, when I'm, I, I go, when I work out, I've gone to Life Fitness over by my, and I've been meeting people there. And, you know, the word gets out and people get to know you. And it just starts growing. Gotcha. A lot of times it's hard and sort of unfair, but they'll know who you are. Right. And they'll take me six, seven, eight times. Can you tell me your name? Can you tell me your name? Eventually I'll remember and have a so do you feel like you're, did you know all the students in your last district? I would say the way I would say that's, that I would say that most students recognize me. Most, a lot of students, I could walk into most classrooms and they say, hey, Dr. Pascal. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'd just say not everyone, but a pretty good percentage of parents and community members and students knew who, they knew me, who I was. Some better than others. So once you get into the into the daily routine of, of working and all of the stuff that you have to do and all the decisions you have to be part of, how are you going to not let that overwhelm you? How are you going to keep that desire alive? I'm going to go run real hard about 30 <laughs> minutes, four or five times a week. That's good. Come back to the same thing. I like that. <laughs> good. So my last, my last two questions are, are fairly easy. The first one is, what is one thing that you would recommend a principal start doing today uh, to start becoming a transformative principal? Take risk. Don't allow someone to tell you you can't do it. If you have a good idea, do it. Find a creative way and do it collaboratively. Mm -hmm. I think that's great advice. I love that. The last thing is, um, people have their offices decorated. Well, I've been here a little while. I see some of your things. What's something in here that you have up that is meaningful to you that you will probably always have in your office and always have? You don't climb the mountain. You can't enjoy the view. And the reason that's so significant, I actually wrote a graduation speech around that, mm -hmm. is when you think about climbing a mountain, right, there's obstacles, right? Right. And there's times you're really tired. And there's times you want to turn around. But... You constantly see the top of the mountain and you continue to climb and you get over those obstacles and you help others reach that top and, and all the analogies I can make go on right. and on. It's just that little phrase to me makes a ton of sense when it comes to public education. Yeah, that does. Say it one more time. What does it say? It says, if you don't climb the mountain, you can't enjoy the view. A lot of analogies in that phrase that I think about life in general. Yeah, but climbing a mountain. I mean, I I stood up by that snowbird. That was ominous. I just, mm -hmm. I mean, that would be tough. But climbing a mountain is a lot of analogies in life in general. Mm -hmm. Public education is like that. It's there's so many obstacles. Right. To overcome. And and what I like about that idea is that you're mm -hmm. going to be tired when you get up there. You're going to have been through something hard, um, but it'll be worth it. Anybody who's climbed a mountain knows that looking from the top of the mountain down that is much better. Yeah, <laughs> way, way better. Yeah. yeah, so anyway, thank you so much for your time today, and I know that you're going to help a lot of principals who are aspiring to be great um, from the things that you've said today, and I think you're going to be a great superintendent in the district. Well, thank you very much. Appreciate thank you coming you. in. Thank you. Thank you. Good luck to you. Alaska. Thank you.
Thank you so much for downloading and listening to this podcast. Please subscribe in iTunes or Stitcher, and please feel free to give us a rating on Stitcher Radio or on iTunes so that we can help spread the word about how much we're learning in this podcast. Thank you so much for listening. You can find me on Twitter at Jethro Jones. Do you want to simplify your school's technology, save teachers time, improve students' performance on state assessments? You can do it all, but don't waste another minute. Head straight to IXL.com BE to learn how IXL's research-proven teaching and learning platform can help you achieve all these goals. That's IXL.com BE. There are lots of solutions out there for giving students what they need when they need it. But when do they actually do all of those things? You need flexible time. When added into your master schedule, flex time enables students to get extra help or intervention, meet with teachers, make up work, get physical exercise, and try new enrichment offerings. If you're thinking of giving it a try, check out MyFlex Learning, which unlocks the benefits of flexible time without all the headaches you get with it usually. Its intuitive design and SIS integration makes implementation and training a breeze. Make your flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com slash BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com slash BE.